take it back, Sam. When it was my turn to fill some big shoes, I could call back to Rhodey's example and I could say, yeah, maybe I can do that too. He continues to inspire us to never give up on the mission and to hold close your friends no matter what might be trying to tear you apart. To show whoever comes next the way forward. To show them what being a hero really means. The reality is that this new Captain America has been a disaster. It's time for him to go. He has a radical, highly partisan, and frankly, anti-American agenda. It's time we took a stand against the political correctness that now permeates the Avengers. Sam Wilson, it's time to give back the shield. I call upon Sam Wilson to resign as Captain America. Even as someone who has often been critical of Sam Wilson's behavior, I am willing to commend him on his deeply flawed efforts to protect this country if he does the right thing now. Because even he must see it's time that this nation has a Captain America that unites us again. I'm getting nonstop messages from folks accusing the AmeriCops of profiling and excessive violence. I can't ignore that. I won't. I'll say it again. I stand with Sam Wilson. Sam Wilson has been a disgrace to this country, and he's dishonored the legacy of Captain America with these ideological crusades. He's divided people with his extremism at every turn. But I am still working for you. That's why we've set up this hotline. If you see injustice in your community, if you see a wrong that needs to be righted, send us a video message, a voicemail, or a social media post, and we'll respond. We're in this together. Be the one in your neighborhood, on your street, that takes a stand. listeners today is the third day of our report on the controversy and conversation that has resulted because of sam wilson's resignation again we want to thank everyone who called in wrote notes and left us messages we've been through almost all of them and we're going to try to respond to some of you privately or we'll get in touch later today one more time thanks to our marvelous producer sage she pulled an all-nighter yesterday helping us sort through everything and Honestly, we never expected this, and the conversations we've had with people both on and off the air have been incredible. They really have. Sad, enlightening, hopeful, angry, galvanized. Everyone we speak to has been affected by this, and it's so important that this sort of discourse is shared and experienced. Now, we won't be taking listener calls or reading emails, 
at least not for the first part of the show. Because we have a very good reason for that. Okay, do you want to tell them? Yes, so badly. Margot, why are you so excited? Because today we have one of Sam Wilson's closest friends, strongest supporters, and one of the original heroes for hire, Misty Knight, in the studio with us. Uh, Misty, we are so thrilled and honored to have you on the show today. Why don't you start with uh, telling us a little bit about yourself? Um, of course. Well, I used to be a cop and I worked the Harlem Beat for a while before I got promoted. Detective, if you're wondering. There was a lot of bureaucratic shit going down in the precinct that I didn't like, and after an accident cost me my arm, I left. I formed the Heroes for Hire with my friend Colleen Wing, and we worked odd jobs here and there, bail bondsmen, PIs, bodyguards, anything that required some street cred or a sort, we were there. Uh, after we disbanded, I went undercover in Begalia, and when Sam Wilson showed up with crossbones on his tail, he looked like he'd just gone 10 rounds with a meat grinder. I stepped in to save his ass. Been helping him out ever since. How long has it been? About five years now. That's a really long time. Did he tell you about his decision to resign? Uh, did you talk about it at all? Uh, unfortunately, I was about as surprised as y'all were when I found out. He'd been dealing with riots and the fallout after Elvin's death, and it was a lot to handle. He didn't have a lot of support. Even his friends were distancing themselves from him. Which friends? A lot of the Avengers, the A-Force, Alpha Flight. They all came together after Rhodey's death, but most wounds won't heal over a eulogy, you know? And then the issue with Kobik and Steve Rogers, it's just not a good time to start making amends in the superhero community. But I always assume that you guys sort of just pat each other's backs. Eh, well, when it comes to big picture conflict, Sam is one of those big name heroes, but he stepped back from all of that when he went solo. Not a demotion exactly, but a little less prestige, you know? People like me, I'm street level. I deal with assholes like Humbug and Warrior Woman. It's not exactly world-destroying stuff. I got a whole can of Kung Fu moves, enough attitude to power a Manhattan block and a bionic arm. I'm not about to stop a Chitauri invasion, you follow? Stark Tower might dominate the skyline, but Iron Man ain't about to drop into Queens to back up Sam. But Sam wanted that, right? I mean, he made the decision to focus on smaller issues. Yeah, absolutely. He loved it. Saw the way people appreciated what he did. Helping people in their day-to-day -day lives was always his goal. He never gave any indication that he was thinking about giving up the shield? Mm, he mentioned how hard it was being at odds with Marie Hill and S.H.I.E.L.D. and no longer leading the Avengers. You know, that's something a lot of people forget, that he led the Avengers after Steve Rogers stepped down. And look, flying solo is hard, not just personally, but because of the nature of this work. You need a support team, you need a cleanup crew, PR, technicians, engineers, lawyers, producers. Being a superhero isn't as easy as putting on a uniform and fighting for truth and justice. He was used to working in a well-funded, well-manned team, and when he was on his own, well, it was a challenge. Do you ever think he was discouraged by that? Maybe a little, but Joaquin came onto the scene pretty early and I decided the man needed me. And between the three of us, we managed that. 
We were never trying to save the world, just trying to do our part. Sam Wilson has been divisive during his entire run as a solo hero. Did you ever see him falter in his convictions? No. No. He had a strong backbone, a real moral code. He knew right from wrong in an instant. It took him all of two seconds to take a stand against Captain Marvel. There were times where he he has to consider all the angles. He always had that in the back of his mind. You know what the press would say, what his brother would say, what the public would say. He and Gideon prayed together. Not often. He wasn't much for church, but it was always a form of intense reflection for him. The decision to release footage of Elvin, that's when it all started to collapse for him. The reaction to that video and the aftermath, it was, I think that's what did it. Elvin Halliday, for our listeners who might not know, was a young black man with super strength who was also known as Rage. Elvin was brutally beaten by the Americops and taken into police custody. He was found guilty even after evidence provided by Sam Wilson indicated he did not commit any crimes. This evidence was ruled inadmissible and was not considered by the jury. He later received additional injuries while in prison, presumably from gang violence. These injuries proved fatal soon after. Yeah, he he mentioned it in the video he sent out that he couldn't wear the flag while the justice system failed black people so completely. For him, Elvin was a vision of every single black person in the country. And you know, it was even more traumatic for him. He felt that this was personal. He told me before if a few things had been different, he he saw himself in Elvin very very clearly. And it tore him up seeing all that go down. He felt guilty for it. He felt like everything that happened to Elvin could have happened to him, to anyone, and he wouldn't be able to help. And when he couldn't save just this young boy, I think it broke him. Have you heard from him at all? No. And Sam ain't gonna come out until he's good and ready, until he's found his purpose again. How do you think he defines his purpose? He always told me that he wanted to help people, to serve them. It seems ridiculous that people are complaining about his lack of formal military service when he was driven by a sense of duty every single day. Uh, Service occupied his mind at all times and it kept him up at night. He wanted nothing more than to help people. What did he think of the people like Harry Hauser? all the politicians and the media personalities who spoke out against him. He always knew he was gonna upset people. He said that he underestimated the sheer amount of hatred he'd get. Honestly, it didn't come as much of a surprise. Uh, He was expecting backlash, but by the time Steve Rogers was at Back to Fight and Health, he felt that he'd lost his fight for the public opinion. Basically, any kind of momentum he had, any kind of progress he made, it was all strips away when Steve came back. At that point, Sam felt he was just in the way. So many people loved him. I know that he got a lot of support from so many people on the street, the liberal media, a lot of immigrant and black and younger communities. Listen, it's it wasn't that he didn't care. He knew he had people on his side. It's just... I can't really explain it well. 
at the end of the day, even though he's engaging with average people on the street and in their homes, it was always about the bigger picture for him. He fought these small injustices and, and found these quick ways to deal with wrongdoing, but he was also looking at the larger system surrounding him. It seemed too much, like he was taking on something for the sake of everyone. And he had all that systematic injustice reflecting back on him, all the negativity, all the bad press, and it can lead you into a very dark place. I think that's what happened. He turned one way and saw a lot of wrong happening, and he couldn't look away. Just got too dark. Do you think he let what happened to Elvin define his entire career? Oh, in a way, it did. Uh, it was the tipping point. Now, I don't think he'll be remembered as the man who let Elvin Halliday die in the prison system, but he will remember himself that way. I know we haven't heard the last of Sam Wilson. Did he give you any indication of what he was doing or where he was going? <laughs> Look, even if I knew, I wouldn't tell you. No offense, you girls see my aid, but Sam deserves a break, no matter how he goes about getting it. Have you been in touch with him at all? No. He left a letter, but no. Well, I... I think we only have a few more questions. I'm good. Uh, what's on your mind? Well, one of the big debates that we've had on our show is about the purpose and place of superheroes in our society. We've talked about vigilantism, hero worship, and even the decline of self-reliance. We've also talked about individual justice and protection, the power of representation, and the immediate action that can come from individuals who don't have to deal with politics to do the right thing. So I want to start off with a pretty big question. Do you think that the world needs superheroes? Jesus, that's a loaded question. Yeah, I know. <sighs> I think the world has superheroes. I think a lot of what the world has is problems. And superheroes, ooh, they make the world a hell of a lot more complicated. What, you don't think superheroes are effective? I'm not saying that superheroes don't get the job done. Alien invasion? Call up Captain Marvel. A new breed of robots destroying Chicago? Stark's on it. Got a ninja problem? Daredevil can handle that. But superheroes get away with a lot of shit us regular folk ain't never got a pass for. And a lot of these problems, superheroes start in the first place. It's all connected. There are some people, mutants, inhumans, aliens, who they can't help that their strengths and gifts are so much more impressive or expansive than other people. Then there are other people like Stark or Banner or Hawkeye or even me, you know? Regular people that had extraordinary things happen to them or did extraordinary things. And a lot of pride is tied up in that. A lot of complex identity politics and delusions of grandeur and self-aggrandizing. So look, at the end of the day, the world may not need superheroes and it may not want them, but we got them. The world's just gonna have to deal with that. Do you consider yourself a superhero? <laughs> God, I don't know. I haven't kept it a secret about what I do. I ain't no sidekick either. Uh, maybe? I'm not about to go into space though. 
that seems to be the measure whether or not you're a superhero, you know, space travel and a secret identity. That's right. You've uh, you've never had a superhero alias. Never needed one. Been undercover a few times, but I don't think that counts. If you had to pick one, what would your superhero name be? <laughs> Lord, I don't know. I respond to any calls for backup. Okay, so you know how some little girls dream of their wedding day? In theory. So I daydreamed about my superhero identity. Oh my god. I wanted to be Gollum Girl. What? <laughs> Gollum like Andy Circus in Lord of the Rings? Yes. I I need some more information. No no no. All right. Well, my big goal as a five-year-old was to obtain the power of flight. I dressed in white and I called myself Sunstar. Because at five years old, I knew that the sun was a star and I just wanted to prove how smart I was to anybody who met me. (laughs) Listen, Sunstar is a respectable name. I liked Daughters of the Dragon when it was in use. It sounded suitably badass. (laughs) Yeah, because I knew some passable kung fu, and my partner was born with holding a damn katana. It was ridiculous. I hate to interrupt, but we're getting a lot of calls, and we want to give our listeners a chance to talk to you directly. But I have one last question for you. Yeah, uh, shoot. If you could change one thing, make something better, do something different, what would you have done? Uh, A lot of things, I think, but... As far as that question relates to Sam Wilson, I'm kind of at a loss. A lot of what happened was out of our control. I think I could have spoken out more against the people who were spreading hatred. Sam and I both did our best to just ignore all of it, but looking back, I think that if we'd spoken up, it might have been uh, a better example and it, it would have showed Sam that he wasn't as alone as he thought or as unsupported or whatever he was thinking. It's hard. I'm trying not to blame myself for what he did, but I'll admit, I I still don't understand why he didn't ask for help. Thank you, Misty. Uh, If you don't mind, we have a couple callers waiting on the line to speak to you. Of course. Thomas, you're on the air. Oh, great. Thanks. Hi, Misty. Oh, hi, Thomas. You got a question? Yeah. I wanted to know if you thought that Sam Wilson ever thought that being Captain America was a burden. Not just... Not just if he thought it was hard, but if he thought of it like a problem. Um, I know the girls mentioned it last episode, but yeah, he was constantly measuring himself against other people. He was constantly asking himself, what would Steve Rogers do? Uh, Being Captain America gave him a lot of power, but you know what? It hurt him too. He felt like he wasn't good enough and he wasn't doing enough and... In the end, it was a vicious cycle, and, and it hurt him enough to make him leave. So you think people's expectations made him leave? I think in the end, it was his own expectations. He had high standards for himself, and he judged himself very harshly. He was prepared to be a new kind of Captain America, but to him, nobody seemed to jive with his ideals. Hmm. Okay. Uh, one more question. Go for it. Would you be willing to take up the shield? Are you asking me to be Captain America? I'm asking if you would do it. Honestly, probably not. It's not a matter of if I'm qualified or not, but no, I'm not ready to settle into a role like that. Not my style. Thanks, Thomas. Next, we have Andrea. You're on the air. Thank you. 
Hi, Misty. Uh, I've been thinking a lot about superheroes and our justice system, and I want to know how you think superheroes fit into our current structure. Hmm. I've never been much of a save the world kind of girl. I got my own problems on my block to sort out. I feel like my kind of superhero, who I am, is sort of an adjunct to the police force and the detectives and the enforcers. There are some problems that the NYPD can't handle or even won't handle. That's where I step up. And when my job's over, I call the police, let them handle it. That's my role, helping a system iron out the wrinkles. So do you think that has to do with your own experience with police corruption? That's part of it. I'm not getting paid off, I don't draw a salary from the government, and I'm not involved in office politics. So yeah, sometimes you need an outside hire to get the job done. I, really quickly, do you think that's the best option? Personally, when I hear that, I immediately think of vigilantism. Right, I'm wondering if you work directly with the police in order to help them, or if you just take things into your own hands. Oh, uh, look, I understand these sorts of reservations. I get it, but in my opinion, right now, this is the best option. Maybe in the future it will be different, but for right now, I got a whole lot of martial arts training and an arm that's almost indestructible, and it'd be a shame to waste that on a desk job. Thanks for reaching out. All right, so next we have Asun, who actually called into our first show. Hola, Misty. Thank you girls for putting me through. Of course, Asun, what's your question for Misty? Yes, I want to know if she will continue to operate the hotline and if she will continue to help in the city. Oh Lord, I really don't know. I kind of got my own thing going on. I can't say I haven't thought about it. I haven't stopped calling the hotline. People around here, you know, they don't call 911 anymore. They call Sam Wilson. Oh, well, Joaquin has been helping out. I know he's answered a few calls. There are checkpoints. I'm asked to show my papers. I've been a citizen for seven years. My family has green cards. We are being discriminated for our skin, our language. Joaquin's a good boy, but we need help. It can't be just us. I'm just not sure. We still need help. The Americops are still on our streets. We are getting run out of our neighborhood. The churches are turning people away. Businesses are hurting. We took a lot of damage during the protests and then the police raids afterwards. Where are you, Asun? Where are you, Asun? Sunset Park. Americops have broken into my brother's home. They said that they needed to talk to his son. They started visiting Mr. Barakat's restaurant every day, intimidating his customers. And after the protests, he was gone. My cousin's in the hospital, but he's undocumented. Asin, listen. Listen, I'm going to help you. You will? Yeah, yeah, right now. Look, it was nice talking to you, too. I got some business to take care of. Hey, Asun? Yes? I'm not going anywhere. I got stuff to do. Thank you. I'll be around. Call me. Asun, thanks for calling in. And we, uh, well, we've run out of time. To everyone listening, thank you for tuning in, and we'll be back after these messages. This is Margot Dalton and Ricky Barnes for the Breakout Hour. Stay safe.
This show was written and produced by Linda Corega for the Sam Wilson Birthday Bang. Full transcripts can be found on the archive of our own. Sam Wilson, Misty Knight, Harry Hauser, Tom Harold, and Steve Rogers are all property of Marvel Inc. and used here only for the purposes of parody and transformation. Our cast is Linda Codega as Ricky Barnes, August Brown as Margot Dalton, Joe as Misty Knight, Eric Williams as Sam Wilson, Lou Codega as Steve Rogers, Daryl L. Jackson Sr. as Harry Hauser, and Davis as Tom Harold. Special thanks to William Lett as Thomas, Mandy Shevchuk as Andrea, and L. W. Salinas as Asun. Full music and production credits can be found on the archive. <laughs>